Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. Ever feel like there's never enough time in the day to get everything done? If you're a farmer, there probably isn't. Some people cope with the time crunch better than others, but everybody needs downtime, time to relax and do something you enjoy to brush off the stress. In this episode, Michigan State University Extension Health Educator Sean Nurick has some tips to help farmers do just that. So talking about reducing the stress of a farmer's time, on average, how many hours does a farmer put in per day, you think? There's no one answer to that. Really, it depends on so many factors. It depends on what season it is. It depends on the size of the farm, uh, location. There's some numbers from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics that suggest that the annual average for, for most farmers is about 60 hours a week. That can push 80 hours a week you know, during harvest time. It could be less than 40 hours a week in the off-season. It totally depends on the commodity too. I mean, we've had experiences with dairy farmers that work sometimes upwards of 18 hours a day. So, you know, that really depends. But point being is the the work of a farmer is far more than, you know, your your typical nine to five worker. So, you know, say you've got someone working these 60 to 80 hour weeks. Why is this such a stressor? What happens when you do that week after week after week? I like to frame everything in terms of imbalance and, you know, we're always looking for balance in our lives to live a good, healthy life. There's something we we cite in some of our presentations called the eight dimensions of wellness. These eight dimensions, they're physical, intellectual, financial, environmental, spiritual, social, occupational, and emotional. So the occupational wellness is, it's defined as, you know, having a a healthy work-life balance. So when you're working 80 hours a week, you know, you're going to be skewing more towards that. And there's a potential for neglecting yourself in one sense or another. Well, you're probably getting your exercise. The physical might be all right, but you might not have the intellectual challenges that you might want. You might not have that chance to to read, watch movies, listen to music. The financial stress is always on the radar for those working in ag. But particularly, and what we focus on in our coursework a lot is kind of that social emotional side of things. You know, if you're focusing so much on work, what's that at the cost of? It could be the cost of your relationship with your family. It could be something else that would be neglected, you know, your your social circle, your friends. Spiritually, you know, perhaps there's so much stuff to do. Maybe you didn't get everything done. You know, you may have to skip service on Sunday. And then there's a part of you that's, there's a void there. And the longer that we have that void, the more that we're, we're continually stressed by everything that, that we have to deal with, it starts to take a toll. And we want to really be aware because when we have stress that's unchecked, that can lead towards a numerous amount of physical problems, cardiovascular uh, health, particularly you know, blood pressure can rise, increase of stroke, increase of heart attack can rise. So, I mean, that's a direct threat right there. 
But a lot of times then you start feeling a, a level of emptiness because you're not taking care of yourself as a whole, as a person. So then what can potentially happen? Well, maybe you get into self-coping skills that aren't as positive. Could be self-medication. Maybe you have a, a beer or an extra you know, a shot of whiskey or something like that. And next thing you know, you've introduced something else in your life that can affect all the spokes, you know, the, of the wheel of life. So, so that may have been a, may have been a long <laughs> rambling answer, but it's pretty big. Is there a point where a person recognizes that I really got to reel myself in and take some time? Do people realize that or do they just have to make themselves do it? You know, it really depends on the person. What stresses one person doesn't necessarily stress another. And how we go about handling our stress and putting some focus into to trying to take some of that weight off our shoulders really depends from person to person. So if someone's got a good set of hobbies, someone's in better physical condition, uh, someone really prioritizes family relationships, they're going to put that effort in there and, and there's going to be balance in that part of their lives. Now, our body will tell us a lot of things, you know, when we're stressed. The question is, do we, do we listen to it? Is our sleep, you know, becoming an issue? Are we having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep? You know, is our nutrition lacking? Do we have other, other health conditions that need to be managed even in between all of the, you know, all of the work and all the hours that we have to put in? Again, I, I think everything comes back to balance, but a lot of times, you know, we need to have that time, you know, for recreation to sit and calm down to listen to ourselves and, and really do kind of that self-awareness, self-reflection. Is this too much for me right now? So my point is, you know, especially in our, our classes that we teach about stress and mindfulness, particularly is we have to allow ourselves some time each day, you know, even, even a few minutes, just to listen to our bodies, listen to ourselves and try to realize if maybe we're having problems and if there's too much going on right now. And if that's the case, then we got to try to lean on our support systems you know, uh, some kind of confidant or good, you know, lifelong friend, family member to maybe vent a little bit, you know, to talk about what we're bottling up, what's frustrating us. And that, that could be very difficult to do because that's a vulnerable conversation. And the research has shown, particularly when you're focused on males, that males are not as likely to have that type of conversation. They're much more resistant to it. And it shows also in the research, they're much less likely to seek assistance during these difficult situations. So a lot of times when we meet with farmers and stuff, we find it very important to speak with other family members in the house because, you know, if we have a, you know, obstinate or stubborn individual that's just not going to not going to listen to some of the things we may have to say, we try to talk to the other important people that are there that are in the environment in the picture and maybe try to pass some of that information along to them so that, you know, my, you know, by osmosis or diffusion, you know, yeah. maybe we can get that message across. So it's, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. So you recommend logging your work activities and time spent. How do you do this and why? It kind of parallels with the individual going through a weight loss program, right? You don't know how many calories you're actually consuming per day, unless you write it down, unless you're actually measuring out your food. So similarly, with regards to our time, it's not a bad thing to do an audit. I hate using the word audit. It makes everybody think of the IRS. So we don't, don't necessarily want that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that article that I wrote was kind of worded as such. But really, you know, figure out what, what time do we get up? When do you get out and start working on your first tasks? What times of the day do you feel like you just have more energy? Again, everybody's a little bit different, 
everybody's clock. You know, some people are morning people. Some people are night people. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The goal of, of, you know, having a little, you could do it on a smartphone or you could use paper and pen. Break your day and assess your day in, you know, 30-minute blocks. What did you get done? What were you trying to do? Did you feel like you were successful? And if you do this for, even for a short period of time, you know, even for a, a week or so, you're going to identify those periods of time where you're more productive. And so the question is, once you do that, you know, can you leverage that for your advantage? Are you going to be able to get some higher functioning jobs done? Let's say, for example, you know, there's some business work or marketing or paperwork that needs to be done. Sometimes that requires a little bit extra thought, a little bit extra sharpness. Do you do that in the morning when you have more coffee? Are you a morning person? Or is that something that's better off to do, you know, before or after lunch? Yeah, time management is tough. I mean, everybody's struggling with that, you know, throughout the world, you know, with, uh, with what's happened with the pandemic as all of our routines have been completely shocked. So many people are still working from home, myself included. That's why Me I have too. that virtual background. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to see the cat boxes <laughs> behind me. But uh, work-life balance is very difficult to maintain when your work is only a few feet away from where you live. And ideally, by taking the time to write out what you're doing, you know, what you're doing throughout the day, it maybe gives you an, an opportunity to optimize your workflow, your work order. You know, maybe there's sometimes it's a little bit lower. I'm a little bit lower energy. Maybe I can just do a, you know, more menial tasks during that time. So it's really being self-aware to the point to try to make yourself work more efficiently. And if we can do that, if we can schedule or block off times for particular tasks, particular projects, all of a sudden, then there's a lot less that diddle time where you just kind of lose your sense of time for a little bit. Next thing you know, maybe 30 minutes have gone away. You haven't done much of anything. You don't know what happened. You never know what happens unless you actually write it down. So that's really kind of the gist of that. Everybody's going to be, again, a little bit different, but if you can identify those times a day where you can get more work done in a more efficient manner, then that opens up blocks of time later in the day or early in the morning or however for self-care, for doing some things that you want, you know, something outside of, you know, the occupational uh, yeah. side of things. Yeah. So. Why, is, why is it important to take time for yourself every day? What does that do to your psyche? Oh, I mean, it's, it's thoroughly important. Is that work-life balance? You need a break. You know, you need to take care. Or you need to follow up with something that's interesting to you. It could be watching a documentary. It could be you know reading a book, reading the news. We're not just programmed to work all the time. You know, we have to. <laughs> I don't say we have to. We should. Uh, it's in our best interests to again try to maintain that balance when it comes to to wellness as a whole. One of the first things they talk about in a, a lot of public health programming comes from the World Health Organization. I believe it's a 1952 definition is health is not just the absence of disease, right? So it's great that, you know, that we're not sick all the time, but, you know, if all of our time and all of our energy is put into just our job, then again, looking at those dimensions of wellness, something else may be getting neglected. And intellectually, 
that's not as good for us if we're not, you know, challenging ourselves, keeping ourselves sharp, similar to like doing that Sudoku every morning, or something like that, something to keep our brains going and moving. Spiritually, if you're an individual who finds solace in their faith or in their spirit, if you kind of let that go, you feel this emptiness. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're questioning your own meaning. You're questioning the purpose of life. It can open the door to an existential crisis. And that's something we really want to be careful of. And particularly with regards to isolation, you know, again, same thing that we've seen in the, in the pandemic. If we're not staying in contact with the, you know, the people we love, the people we like, we, we're social creatures as human beings. And again, if that gets neglected, I understand that's going to happen. You got to work 80 hours a week from time to time. But, you know, if we're not allowing ourselves to, to be those social animals that we are, then that's going to affect us. And ultimately, you know, our stress increases and there's potential for significant health issues. You mentioned earlier about talking with um, the loved ones, family, friends or whatever. How important are they in getting the farmer to say, you know, that bolt that needs tightening will be there tomorrow come, let's, let's do this. Let's play cards. Let's, you know, watch a movie or something like that. It depends from, from household to household, but the odds are if, uh, if you have an individual who is just so, so work oriented and so focused, the family or that real close inner circle might be the only person he or she listens to. So it's very important to make sure that we bring the families together because you have to remember just because, uh, you know, an individual may be out working in the fields, working on machines or something or anything like that, that doesn't mean that the rest of the family is not being affected by everything that's going on in their sphere, too. So trying to bring them into this discussion can be really helpful. You know, it takes a village, right? Right. <laughs> Are there any other tips that you would like to pass along to farmers to help them get through these long weeks and maybe other tips that they can use to get some of the time back for themselves? I think one of the biggest ones, and this, this is a huge issue all throughout the country, is the issue of sleep. You know, you, you can work yourself to exhaustion on some days, but you know what? It's funny. Your, your mind is ready for sleep. Your body's ready for sleep. All of a sudden, you lay down in bed, and next thing you know, wide awake, can't fall asleep. It's yep. so counterintuitive, but allowing yourselves time to shut the TV off, maybe read a little bit because that blue light can keep you up late at night. It can kind of disrupt your sleep schedule a bit. You can work to try to avoid that. But I think what's really important too is just sometimes just taking that time to just sit, breathe, listen to some music and just have quiet and have that time for yourself. Actually allowing yourself and schedule, maybe even scheduling yourself time to wind down. Because then that puts us in the position, hey, if we can fall asleep, our body can kind of regenerate, you know, get ourselves back up to up to par for the next day. So we, when we're ready to get up and do it again. So I really, I really stress trying to doing what you can to help make sure that you're getting the sleep, the restorative sleep that we need. Tremendously important. Well, and if you don't get enough sleep, I mean, it affects your concentration. It affects mm -hmm. communication, yep. you know, the ability to react to situations that may need immediate reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, during prolonged periods of stress, our body releases a hormone called cortisol, C-O-R-T-I-S-O-L. <laughs> and cortisol, it's really nasty. That gives us that energy boost. I think of it kind of evolutionally, you know, there's, all of a sudden there's a caveman and a woolly mammoth. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to fight the woolly mammoth or you're going to run? We're going to run. So get that 
big boost of energy out of that. Our heart rate goes up, blood pressure goes up because there's a you know legitimate threat, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. And I'll tell you what, nowadays, you know, we don't necessarily face dangers like that per se, but that hormone still builds up in our bloodstream. And if we don't find ways to do physical exertion, exercise, or, you know, again, other listening to music, playing music, drawing something, you know, that stimulates our mind, but also calms us down. Then we run into the problem that that cortisol builds up even more stress. And then what happens is, yeah, we're foggy. We can't concentrate. We become you know, inefficient with what we're doing and what we're trying to do. And then we run the risk of becoming accident prone. And you want to talk about something that's potentially very dangerous to our health. Uh, you know, we don't want a user error or anything like that causing a, you know, a tractor to tip, you know, causing major damage, potentially causing death. That's a kind of an extreme example, but it's realistic. And that's, that's tough. That's tough. Stress, stress just keeps working on us, keep working on us. And we need to take some time for ourselves to manage it. And when we can do that, basically all parts of our life benefit from it. Hopefully you heard some helpful tips and relaxed just a bit by listening to this podcast. Thanks to Sean Nurick for being my guest today. And thank you for listening. For Successful Farming, I'm Jody Henke.